You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB, the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Big Sui, presented by DraftKings. Why are you listening to this show? The podcast that seems very similar to the other Dan Lebitard podcast. I'm sorry, I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> in fact, the only difference seems to be this imaging. I have been tempted in restaurants just walking past tables to grab somebody's fries that if they're just there. That hasn't happened to you guys? I've done it. And now, here's the marching man to nowhere, fat face, and the habitual liar. Today's episode is sponsored by DraftKings. Stay tuned because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours. All right, Lucy. Your sister called you a very interesting word or name. Yeah, so this week was National Sisters Day and my I didn't I yeah, I didn't post anything for her. She didn't really post anything for me either, but whatever. And she texted me and she said, Hey, it was National Sisters Day this week and you didn't post anything for me. You're a cornbread whore. I was, whoa, okay, hold up. I had never been called that before. I don't think I've heard anyone been called that before. So I texted Kate. I said, hey, girl, what does cornbread whore mean? And she said, you. (laughs) I know, I was like, damn, I cannot, I can't can't come back from that one. And I was thinking, I was like, man, like these days, like people send like mean shit to us online all the time, but it's it's very basic. Like you're you're a bitch or you're ugly or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I enjoyed being called a cornbread whore a little bit. That doesn't give you guys permission to call me that, listeners. But I miss the days of creative insults. Like, one time someone tweeted at me and they were like, you're a whole wheat bitch. I don't know what, like, the food, like, term sort of thing is with I think me. that's better than white bread. Yeah, holy bitch. I was like, Healthy. you know what? And that was years ago. And I still think about it all the time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even mad you called me that. I'm honestly honored. So I was wondering if you guys have any names you've been called that's just like, that's creative as hell and you can't be mad about it. That I can say on here? Uh-huh. Yeah, give, give us, give, well, it is Max, but it's also a family show. So give us a PG-13 version. Um, I've been called uh, Sasquatch Headass. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, word, the term this headass. This is kind of like the looks like 
contests that we do on the Levitard show, yeah. right? Like they're creative insults. They're very mean because they're, you know, making fun of what you look like, but they're sometimes very creative and funny. That's what makes them good. That's why when, like Lucy said, when we get insults online, it's not like it hurts my feelings. It's just like, oh. Be do more it. creative. Yeah. yeah. Do, it, do it in a way that I haven't heard it before, right? Give, give me something new here. I once got called by, well, not once, I got called by Shaq this a lot of times. He would just start singing A-Rab Bunny every time I'd walk into a room. Like, Ooh. Every single time. That's uh, the big problematic. Fella. No, it's not problematic, man. It's, it's Shaq, come on. It's Shaq, yeah, exactly. Okay, right, <laughs> fine, sure. But every if time. It looks like a duck. <laughs> Jeremy, you're a theater kid, man. I kind of feel like you had to have caught Yeah, I'm not going to say a lot of the words that have been thrown my way. Uh, other than other than those that I won't say, my, my fav- personal favorite is just when I've been called Jew. That's a really good one. Now, hold on. That's was a- it was it a Hispanic speaker that was talking about Jew? Hey, Jew over there. Jew. Hey, Jew. Uh, you know, you got to be very careful. No, unfor- unfortunately, this was a, a confrontation on a basketball court. and uh, Oh, in yeah, your man. face? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, someone just... Uh, we're just flustered and yeah, we're scanning just, for an insult and yeah, landed on the hell out. F and Jew. And I was like, whoa, you don't even know I'm Jewish. <laughs> That's crazy. Two things. One, Ed by the is, way, wouldn't have been offended if they knew I was Jewish. <laughs> Number one, crazy that that was a wild guess and it landed. Yeah, right. Two, now I know where Dan doesn't go to you. There what? you go. I was like, you know what, Jeremy should be more involved. Like, Jeremy, what, you got something here? Nah, oh, Jew. Jesus, that's it. That's why Chuck doesn't say it. <laughs> 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 that was so weird when he spelled it out. J E W. I'm like, I didn't think this was bad until you started spelling it out. Yep. Also, it's not like they're, you know, dogs or something. Like, if you spell it, they won't know what you're talking yeah, but about. If you, put, if you put Jewish before anything, it's going to sound like it's an anti-Semitic trope. Like, if you say, like, like Jewish basketball, you're like, mm. uh, wait, Jewish deli would like a word. Yes. I think it's putting the in front of. I, yeah, I, I'm going to tell you this. Jewish, fine. Jew feels See, a little that's uncomfortable. What I'm saying. That's, and that's what Charles Barkley was saying. A Jew deli does feel different. Very. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. So and you, if insult, you call it the we are Jew toe in the line. Oh, Dude, I'm, yeah, I'm giving you permission. Don't well, worry about it. That, on behalf of the Jewish delegation. Or the Jew delegation. Oh, the Jew delegation. Ah, the Jew delegation. Yeah, let's uh, find me a way out of this. Uh, oh, Jessica, surely you have something creative you've been called. I don't have anything good. I, I People are not creative when they insult me. Does that make you feel a little let down? Yes, it does. It's like I don't have the smart people hating me. I've been I called a nine idiots. before. But. If you would like to creatively <laughs> insult oh, Jess, wow. would you like to give out your handle? Go ahead and send her. Like my Venmo <laughs> is Jessica-Smetana. That's where David Sampson sent me $1 when I won the bet. I did Cheap. that once where I was like, oh, yeah, if you want to send me something mean, you know, send it to my Venmo. And all these people started requesting money from me and ended up backfiring so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're How would gonna you get say so many, that? You're going to get so many foot-foot headlines on your Venmo. This, you guys are doing it wrong. You don't put out your Venmo. You put out your cameo, at Darth Amin. Request me anytime. I will respond within five days. Don't worry. Birthdays, celebrations, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, funerals, whatever it is. Jews. <laughs> is cameo still going strong? I never ended up I joining because yeah, I, I, I sensed a, a plateau. A plateau. Amanda Bynes just joined. Oh, she did. Yeah. A plateau. Wow. You know what I'm going to do right now? 
I'm going to do a cameo live on air. Oh. This, see, this is it's this easy, ladies and He's gentlemen. He's doing both well, parts, Dan and Stugatz today. Ladies and, and gentlemen, Amin Al Hassan. It's Max's birthday, everyone. Call and this comes from Ravine. Happy birthday, Max. <laughs> What's something special about Max you want Amin Al Hassan to know? Max is a big supporter of you and the show. As a diehard Wizards fan, he wants to know whether there's any hope for the franchise. Buddy. Oh. Buddy. Uh, he's also a big Nick Cage fan. Oh. oh, okay. Are there any poorly rated Gonzo Cage performances that are must-watch cinema? Thanks. This is what I'm going to do. Mike, I want you to answer the Nick Cage part. Tony, I want you to answer the Wizards part. And let's see, Jessica, I want you to do the show like, oh, the show loves you stuff. All right? Can we Weird do- you didn't go to me this time. Yeah. no. Strange. I wonder why. <laughs> What's his last name? You're on the bench. <laughs> You're out. All right. Are we ready? Is everyone ready to do this? I guess. I forget the Nick Cage question, so I'll just do an impression. It's, okay. All right. Here we go. Hey, Max. Happy birthday. It's... Oh, no. Whoops. Happy it's tricky uh, hit, yeah, hit, yeah. yeah. Cameo Tony. Yeah, record. Yeah. 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 All right. Let me, let me, take two. Take two. Take two. Take two. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Three. We ready? We ready? We ready? Okay. Here we go. Sure. Three, two, one. Hey, Max. Happy birthday. And as a huge treat, I'm going to answer all these questions for you, but I'm going to have the people of the Lebertard Show do it for you. This is awesome. All right, so we're going to start with Mike Ryan, who's going to give you a great Nick Cage impersonation. Mike, take it away. Hot. That's it. That's all he's got for you. Okay. Now we got uh, Tony, who's going to answer your Wizards question. Tony. Buddy, Elvin Hayes is not walking through that door. Neither is Wes Unseld. Wizards are done. And finally, Jessica. Thank him for liking the show. Thank you for being such a big fan. I don't think you can hear this because the sound is coming through Amin's headphones, but we really appreciate you. Incredible. So, Max, you got literally zero answers to any of this, <laughs> but you got me kind of holding my phone shakily. Hot. As I- <laughs> but I appreciate Ooh, you. Someone because- just Venmo me a dollar. Really? It's hey. live. Okay. Happy birthday, Max. See, ladies and gentlemen, that easy. Cameo. Outsourcing your work to us. The Stugats is strong. And he didn't even hear it. And he didn't even hear it. I'll send another one later. Don't worry. Okay. Can I get something off my chest that I wanted to talk about since yesterday? Please do. College football playoff? Not college football playoff. College football 25. We talked plenty of the college football playoff, but I... I, like a lot of people my age that have maybe pseudo-retired from the gaming uh, lifestyle. Explain what College Football 25 is for the people that don't know. It's a college football game produced by EA Sports. It has been gone for over a decade, and since it disappeared, people have been lamenting its absence, missing it, uh, playing the oldest version of it. Thanks, Uh, Ed O'Bannon. Yeah, Ed O'Bannon, who got some players paid uh, they got about a grand for the course of a decade and i i saw the spin like whoa the payouts were a grand but that was also over the span of a decade right if you get paid like you break it down it's like a hundred dollars a year that they got for being in the game i i i was actually fearing that people would come out and say this is an insult this nil deal but so far i think the the number has landed all right six hundred dollars in, in in full scope, it's the largest NIL deal ever, and they'll have additional NIL deals for people that want to promote the game on their social channels. But I think this is going to be fascinating to watch because the people that are really into this have not really played video games since the last incarnation. And as someone that has maybe dipped his toe in the waters a little bit, guys, the game has changed. First off. Do not line up outside of a Best Buy at midnight thinking that this game will be there. Best Buys no longer carry physical inventory. What? 
I do think that this game will set a modern era record for physical copies. Can I wait no at one, Borders? Because no one knows that you can just download the games. GameStop? Also, don't look. Here's what NCAA football fans want in a game: the simulation experience. We want to be able to sim for hours. Make it. I'd, if I play a football game in a day, it's probably too much. I just want to spend 30-minute phone calls with parents and build my prestige the old-fashioned way. But what you're going to run into is there's this whole player pack phenomenon that EA latched onto about eight years ago, and it's terrible. Don't give a shit about Ultimate Team. My day is not made by being forced to open a Foster Moreau card. I don't like that stuff. I just want to sim. So do me a favor, EA. Make the game for the people that are actually going to go out and buy this because it's meant a lot to a lot of people of a certain age. I've had this release calendared for over two years. You move the release on me. I have a babysitter for the full first week of release. I, oh, it, it will affect my marriage. So please, don't disappoint us by making some newfangled uh, player pack ultimate team. We just want the old game with updated names. That's all we want. I don't think I've ever played NCAA football. What? Uh, you're missing out. You're missing We're, out. Uh, this is going to be the least productive to- summer well, in the history of the Dan Lavatar show with sure. Gats when this game comes out. Mm-hmm. No, we are all going to be taking unlimited BT. Tony Show, 24 hour stream. And get ready to hear about Sam Houston State's amazing march to the <laughs> CFP. Howdy, folks. It's Mike Ryan. And as you know, you're probably a sports fan. You know it's playoff time. And you probably have a team that you want to root on. And maybe you're like me and you're not a season ticket holder. So you miss the first crack at getting tickets. So what do you do? You check the secondary market. Well, let me tell you about my best friend in that secondary market because I've tried them all and no one's as good as Game Time, the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get to see the view from your seat on your phone before you buy the tickets. All in pricing shows your total cost up front, so there are no surprises. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Telling you folks, this is a personal endorsement from me. I was using Game Time long before they joined us, and I'm so happy they're with us so I can preach the good word. Trust me, folks. Game time. That is what you need. Take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code DAN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DAN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Dan Lebatard. All these high paid analysts. I don't want to mention names. TNT, ESPN, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, they, they, they are dead. They cannot, they, they, they're not going to make it, you know. Even if they win in, if they lose in, in Miami. I need to calm you down. I that's need right, to if they lose down. in Miami, they don't got a chance in Boston. Oh, they are going to have their ass, you know what, in Boston, you know. Stugats. They were wrong. They were, are they going to lose their job? No. Are they going to get a cut in pay? No. What are they going to do? Keep predicting what is the obvious. They are going to say, Oh, the Nuggets are going to win. Oh, Denver, the altitude. And you know what? The Heat are going to win it all. <laughs> this is the Dan Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Oh, buddy, come on. Great song. Hey, thank you very much. Nice job. How about that? I'll take all of that you got. That was Letterman, right? Yeah, that was Letterman. And him going to a band like that was akin to Carson telling a comedian to to come up on the stage. Yeah, no, Letterman, when Letterman gives it up for you, you know you've earned it. Like, that guy is not trying to be effusive. All right, we'll kind of start here. And maybe sports. 
All right, Amin did what he said. He's, he's off to catch a flight, but that's okay. Pablo Torre, host of Pablo Torre Finds Out, is with us to bring this show home. Uh, we had a little bit of a break, and we've been watching a ton of live performances. We went down a bit of a rabbit hole on YouTube because um, my wife, I bought her a shirt, right? And it was a targeted IG ad, and she didn't get the reference. It was a shirt that simply read something along the lines of, uh, I can't stop thinking about the 1997 performance of Silver Springs where Stevie Nicks stares a hole through Lindsey Buckingham. And I showed her this video, and I had to explain to her the whole lore. And it was it was cool to watch someone experience it for the first time. We just did that for Tony over here. <laughs> Tony, mm. your takeaway on the 1997 performance of Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. Um, Mick is wearing what I would imagine Robin Hood to be wearing. He's wearing like a, a like a shirt that has like stringed like things that he would tie that are like a sa- a sailor somewhere in like it, Greece. It's like Robin Hood meets Captain Lou Albano. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Um electric performance, I uh, got to say from everybody in the uh in the Fleetwood Mac uh band. Just it was great. Yeah, and then we uh we then What a review. Totally That's actually great. the nicest thing it. he's wow. ever said. Good. Yeah, on the whole show. All of the Macs killed it. All of the, <laughs> the Mix and the Macs, all of them. Then we went in the Fleetwoods. About yeah. 20 years in the future and we saw Future Islands performing uh, performance on Letterman, which we onboarded you on, and that was also a very cool pop culture moment in time for indie rock kids because Letterman got it right away because the performance uh, blew so many people away, and it was so different from especially what that audience was watching at the time. Uh, Tony, your review of Future Islands uh, Letterman performance: Good dancing by the guy just that he dan- just said that he dances like she dances. So then I thought. <laughs> The entire time, instead of him dancing, I saw Jess dancing, and then I was like, huh, kind of weird. Uh, the song was cool for you guys, I thought, for sure. I saw a lot of guys and girls dancing in here. Um, I probably would have skipped next to the next hmm. song, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I do love those seminal live performances that stop everybody in their tracks, and right then and there you know. And this one may surprise you, uh, but it's a reference that Dane will occasionally make it. Uh, what started the Latin explosion was this performance by Ricky Martin of the Cup of Life at the Grammys that I'm telling you is one of the most electric goddamn performances you'll ever see. And it totally changed the sound of pop music at the time. Pablo, is there a live performance that you consider a game changer? Man, a lot of my uh, like playlist of live performances is so over-indexed now on Tiny Desk like the NPR Tiny Desk concerts, which I think is taking the mantle from like the late night show. Like Conan, Letterman, they had like this real cred because they used to break bands that were not mainstream to your point, Mike. And now it feels like NPR is doing a mix, not just of that, but of like, let's get this rapper in here to do an acoustic. I mean, T-Pain on Tiny Desk to me was like revelatory on a couple of levels for that reason. So was Juvenile, too, though. When Juvie came in and they did all that, like, that was incredible. I just saw the Jeezy one, and then it took me back. Jeezy has so many bangers. I went down yeah. to Spotify and his plays. I was like, ooh, banger, 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 all the way down. But those tiny desk things not only bring you into new people that you wouldn't maybe have thought of, right? Like, Pablo, I know you know him because he's, you've had him on the show, but Action Bronson is an incredible lyricist, an incredible yes, musician. love that one. And there's so many people that don't know about Action, where it's like, if you've been following his career throughout all of his mixtapes, all of his albums, he's got a new one coming out, by the way. I, I know you've been seeing that on social. But to 
for people to never see him and then see him perform the way that he does, it's like, oh, wow, I'm a fan now. Yeah, I, I want you guys, actually, Mike, I feel like we're hitting on um, sort of, you know, a solutions-oriented concept here. Why can't there be, like, a shipping container desk? Why can't you guys invite bands into the container and do... Why can't we just plagiarize NPR yeah, and do this in Miami? Do that. Well, that's not really where our company cut its teeth, but we can we can figure something out. Uh, I want to shoehorn one of my tiny desk takes in because I do also love that series, and I, I discovered so many bands through there. Jack White's now wife put something on our IG stories way back in the day of Idols, this band that I positively love. I'm wearing out their album that just dropped. It's called... Uh, tank but uh if you watch their tiny desk performance the intensity that just just vibrates off the screen there i could not get enough i've worn that that video out and they they turned out to be one of my favorite bands after just seeing them for the first time on tiny desk what, what's the capsule summary on the whole incest thing with meg and jack white where what do we do with that where do we leave that well uh, yeah so what? that's actually interesting that you said that because yes it is the White Stripes, you you didn't know this about the White Stripes. It's nope. Like, you know that Meg and Jack were married bum, at one point. Bum, yeah. bum, bum, you know that bum. they were married at They're one related? point. They're related? When they burst on the scene, it was still like infancy stages of w the internet that you know now. So the story was they were brother and sister. Oh. And the internet found out after they had already become a hit. The internet found out that, oh, these people that actually look alike and you believe to be brother and sister. No, they're not. They brother really and sister. do look alike. I found record. out today that they're not brother and sister. Really? Right now, in this moment. Well, you nodded ahead, like you nodded your head silently no. that they were married at one point. No, I was really confused by what was happening with the incest conversation. <laughs> so they were married, divorced, continue on with the band, and we're still very close. They should have a done a smoochy reveal on Letterman. <laughs> But, Shocked America. But the internet discovered that they had actually been married, and it was this wild moment in time. Did they you... perform the 1997 version of Silver Springs at each other? <laughs> Meg does not have that vibe. <laughs> Meg and Stevie Nicks, in terms of intensity, it's like, you know. Polar opposites. It's like Dick Vermeil, Mario Cristobal. Like, <laughs> it's just like a, a huge this difference. This the second time you've named dropped Dick Vermeil in like two weeks. People need to know that Dick Vermeil was a player's coach and was emotional. It was weird out of that right. position. It's, I mean, he was a very successful head coach and won many years without a job just because, what's this? And now everyone's that archetype. Pablo, uh, I want to get into the polls with Tony because they're corporately sponsored. Uh, oh, while he pulls up some polls, why don't you tell the fine folks what you got going on if Pablo Torre finds out. Well, today we have an episode that is actually, I think, something that is not what you expect from an episode about guns. I'm going to tease it that way because, guys, I, I've gotten self-conscious about how I show up here and I promote my wares. And I'm so proud of my wares. People are like, why don't you do show? And I'm trying to just like hang. And I realize as soon as I say the word gun, it's like F this guy. So just I promise you it's good. It's not what you think. Can I share a text instead from Chris Cody that I got at 11.52 p.m. last night? By all means. So I don't know. I'm catching up on your guys' life this week. I'm out of the loop because of the aforementioned uh, gun episode I was doing. But what I got from Chris Cody, 11.52 p.m. last night, was this. Quote, I'm in NY. And that was it. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, it was a missed text? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I mean, I don't At know. At 11, what, what time did you receive this? 11.52 p.m. <laughs> out of <amazing>. nowhere. <laughs> 
He I'm wanted to let you NY. know he was there so that you like wouldn't feel bad if he posted something to his Instagram, but he also didn't want to invite you to do something. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm confused. Is there like a backstory here? Like Chris is obviously not on the show today. No, yeah, so he kind of sprung this New York trip on, on folks. Certainly sprung it on me. I was, I'm not supposed to be here today, but I am. It's cool. No resentment at all. I know from his IG stories that, because uh, that seems like kind of a, maybe I'm doing a Chris Cody thing. That seems like a drunk text when it comes in, when there's so vague. 100%. And, and the it was, time essentially, he was out. Look at his story. Yeah, but he was also at Hamilton. Yeah. But then he went to a jazz bar. Yeah, so but like the guy went that and hard at Hamilton. He hit me. Chris got Chris got super horny at Hamilton and hit me with a U up at midnight, basically. Huh. Tony, let's read the polls for the week, and the they're presented by the new season of the Peacock original, The Traders, streaming now with new episodes Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, only on Peacock. What are the polls? First one up. Did you like the movie Limitless? Oh, love Limitless. 58% of the audience said yes. I'm so mad I missed the Limitless conversation. Did you guys talk about the part where he drinks his own blood off of the floor and like sucks it up with his mouth? Nope, we, missed we, that one, actually. We did the Saltburn shows weeks ago. I was just about to make the same joke. Damn. A more, iconic, a more iconic shrug. Michael Jordan versus the Blazers or the last dance security guard playing marbles? 69% of the audience says last dance security guard. Hell yeah. Nice. Good take by us. Deserved. Which did you watch? Reggie versus v Reggie and Candace Parker or Draymond Green, Chuck, and Taylor Rooks? 59% of the audience said the alt cast with Draymond, Chuck, and Taylor. My favorite pastime now is just following uh, Two Personals IG account and seeing how many of my guy friends are liking every post. <laughs> oh, I love Mike. One of my favorite pastimes is to go through, and of course I'm doing this anthropologically and not because I myself am on there super horny. I'm on there looking to see who likes this thing. And I just I just keep track, just cataloging. Yeah. We're up to. Mental note there. Yeah. Uh, are $200 tennis shoes affordable? See, I don't like the way that this poll was worded because tennis shoes... What are we? What are we doing? We should have written sneakers. I mean, there. when I think tennis shoes, I think New Balance, and New Balance had a banner year. They did, but... Really also, did. when I think of tennis shoes, I think of somebody like at the Villages playing tennis with like old ass tennis shoes. So I don't know why I'm on the Villages algo, but I'm. Have you ever seen? I got like, one. Yeah. I got one of those. Er I'm Mike from the Villages. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I have sex with everybody. I think I know why. <laughs> is that what the Villages vibe is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like retirement. So oh, it's VD right. capital. Yeah. It's a huge VD capital. Really? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you're a urologist, like, oh my God. Mecca for a urologist like is business. moving to the villages. Man. Okay. We say gym shoes in Chicago. Well, sneakers is probably what we should have said yeah. there. I don't know who wrote that poll. All good. Are $200 tennis shoes affordable? It's a Dan ass question. 90% of the audience said no. Hmm. Okay. Mm. What's worse, a ruptured testicle or a fractured testicle? Good question. Either way, we'll be able to see them with the new MLB pants. <laughs> and 88% of the audience said a ruptured testicle would be worse, which I agree. Uh, are there professional players in any sport who play without underwear? Hmm. We're about to find out. 78% of the audience said yes. And Does the a jockstrap count as underwear? No. Uh, to the front, yeah. But it's like a mullet. It's like underwear mullet, right? It's like, like party in the front. Leggings count, right? Business in the front, party in the back. When well, like it's track and field business? athletes probably don't wear undies. No. I, I do leggings. I don't wear underwear underneath my leggings. No, that would be crazy. crazy. That's crazy. A lot of bunching up there. 
A jock strap. I got a so I got a I have a voicemail inbox on Pablo Torre finds out you can call it. Um uh and they we got a, a voicemail today about jock straps asking why they were invented. Why is it as Tony put it to paraphrase him, why is it like business in the front and the villages in the back? What's the deal with that? And I don't know. I've never worn a jock strap. So Open investigation. It feels kind of weird when you put it on because you're like, I'm used to having coverage everywhere when I put something on, but this is like, yeah, like everything is exposed out back. Yeah. Kind of weird. I feel like I'm in a swing. Yeah. Last one here, Latrell Sprewell. What do you think of him? Multi-time All-Star. Choked his coach or rims? Oh. Only one right answer. It's rims, but the audience yeah. got it wrong. Choked his coach at 69%. Yeah. Wow. I also think and one. Oh, spinners. Come on. Spinner of course. shoes, of course. Yeah, the sprees were, in terms of like discount tennis shoes, <laughs> the sprees were pretty. Amazing. On the list of shoes that are constructed with no regard for how to clean it, if stuff gets into them, oh, you were done. Oh yeah, my god. But were they affordable? Back in the day, they were like seventy bucks, I think. Well, is that affordable? Eh. What's well, affordable anymore? What are we doing? We'll come back with Pablo Torre, maybe get into sports of the modern day uh, with him next. Are you tired of snooty wines and their old world wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt, sip, smell. Ooh, mm, I think it tastes like old red cherry, a little bit of wood and mahogany, a little leather. You can do all that stuff or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine culture telling stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities, from convicts banished to Australia to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself. 19 Crimes wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of the UFC, pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly, copyright 2024, Sonoma, California. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days, spring's the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Challenge yourself. And Peloton's classes were made just for that, to challenge you. There's a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve what you already excel in. Plus, if you don't know which class to take to reach your fitness goals, guess what? You can join one of Peloton's many programs. Right now, I'm in a strength program with Andy and a core program with Emma. They're expert coaches like Andy and Emma, and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. With Peloton, you don't need to worry about driving to the gym, making it to class on time. You can do it all from the comfort of your own home whenever it fits your busy schedule. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Don Lebatard. All of us who were watching college football elevated everything the weekend was because we missed football in general so very much. You didn't watch the ending of UTEP Jacksonville State. It was awesome. A dizzy. <laughs> Boom. Mm-hmm. Stugats. <laughs> Such a lane for you. Just everything in college football is awesome. It Any is. single thing that happens, she gets deliriously happy about. Don't you miss sitcom. viewing sports through that, that prism, though? Like, I'm envious of Lucy. Like, I wish that I could still be happy. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Did you see the Ricky Martin, uh, the, the interview he gave this week? The feet? Yeah, the feet thing. You guys yep. know about the feet thing? No, I haven't. No, we haven't talked about it. I haven't. Oh. What's the a, what's a feet thing? 
Um, Ricky Martin. Martin. Ricky Martin, uh, a quote from GQ magazine. Quote, I love feet. I have a foot thing. I love foot massages. And I would kiss your feet like crazy for hours. But we all have something. Wow. I don't really have something. Should I have something? I I like a pretty face. Call me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You talk. I'm a sucker for a pretty face. You're a face guy? Yeah, big you're, face you're, guy. You have a face fetish? I think so. I mean, I'm also attracted to intellect and uh, the, the a certain charisma. But and, face first. Know, but face. you got to have a face. Love is gotta have a face. <laughs> got to have a face for me. It's the face for me. All right, I'll count us in. <laughs> Five, four, three, two. You can keep that. One. Uh, honorable mention Creed's uh, Thanksgiving halftime yes. performance. That can't be honorable Big mention, time. Mike. That, that <laughs> makes the metal five. stand. I'm sorry. That makes but, the metal But stand. in the moment, it, it really wasn't as weird. <laughs> as it is as now? Weird. What do you mean no. by that? What, what jersey did he wear? The guy flying is so His own personalized his own. Yeah, Scott's yeah, I have. So Kyle Brandt swagger jacked me because I had customized, before it was a thing, for Thanksgiving, a number 11 Scott Stapp jersey. It's still hanging up in my closet. But Kyle Brandt beat me to it and wore one, the exact same plan that I had on, on a Good Morning Football broadcast. So now it just looks like I'm copying him. Wow. Did Micah Parsons choose number 11 because of Scott's stat? Wow. <laughs> I think it's a fair question. Pablo Torre should find, find out. Find out. Uh, Jeremy, uh, you were talking before the show about Victor Wembanyama, who's, you know, really hijacked. Amazing. He's hijacked the conversation. And I got to tell you, I've been right about the kid. How? Dead on. I told you this day would come, and I was that fearful he, of this. Is it that he broke basketball? Because there was a stretch there where you were saying he wasn't good and he was I mean, just tall. They're losing a lot. They're not. They're the not. The only good reason they're winning any games is because of everything that Victor Wembanyama does. He is one of the most unstoppable forces in basketball, and I'm at this point. I'm convinced that next year he'll win Defensive Player of the Year. He won't win it this year because he's a rookie. But next year he'll win Defensive Player of the Year. And basically, the year after that, moving forward, he'll be in the MVP conversation every year until he decides to retire. There's, there's a stat here. Victor Wembanyama is the first player ever to have these numbers in a season. 150-plus blocks, 150-plus assists, and 75-plus threes. It's February! Jeez. I have another stat on Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> since That's since a 20- really good segment idea. Jeez! Jeez! Since 2024 started... Victor Wembanyama has 74 blocks in 22 games. He's averaging 3.2 blocks per game. He has more blocks, okay, than the entire Miami Heat team has since January 1st. Yep, very tall. 68 blocks in 23 games for the Heat, 74 blocks in 23 games for Victor Wembanyama. Super tall guy doing super tall things. But he's so talented, Mike. Like, he is... He is going to change basketball, and it might not be for the better, as you mentioned. No, he's like, going to destroy. You it. don't like it. The but only thing saving he's the so game of basketball. Dominant. The only thing that might potentially save the game of basketball is Liz Frank. She is our only That's hope. Horrible. That's horrible. I don't like that you said that. She's she's our only hope. Pablo, where do you fall when it comes to this Victor Wembanyama discussion? Because I was fatigued of it before it became a thing, and yeah, the. Just dimensionally, he's a huge problem. He obviously is skilled, and credit to Pop, he finally figured out kind of how to play him. He was trying to do too much early on, and I think now he's kind of found a groove, and he's doing some more of the exciting things, but he just really struggled to acclimate to just being, being tall. Just go be tall for a little bit, and they did alter their game a little bit, and now he's taking over games. It's not resulting in wins, but if he stays healthy, no doubt he is going to be a force. 
Yeah, look, I have PTSD from just big men getting injured. So the whole like plantar fasciitis, Liz Frank thing is like real. Um, I am very glad to get to watch him now. I am glad that his teammates are no, like they're no longer ignoring him when he's like rolling to the basket at eight feet tall with like an open lane. And they're like giving him the ball now more, it seems. Um, my favorite things about Wemby, though, are how he is like he's the sort of exotic where the very basic details about him have become part of his mythology. Like he goes to bed at 1030 to read books and he enjoys books. And this is part of how he is hailed as like this new like creature from like um, outer space. And so for me, I enjoy um, the sort of just dissonance of like this guy seems on NBA while also embodying the future of it. Um, but I mostly am worried that he's going to, you know, snap an ACL. I'm in that camp, Mike. I, I Why wouldn't you assume that just <laughs> given the history of tall people and their feet in that in that sport, especially when someone is this tall doing things that we don't typically see people this tall do, but he's been incredibly healthy right throughout his very young career. And, and he's been praised for like the ways in which he's anticipated all of this, right? He's not naive to this. He has a trainer that has done these exercises, these stretching exercises. You see him doing yoga specifically because of all of these concerns. And so the fact that he has not gotten hurt yet, the fact that they've load managed him in this way all speaks to that recognition. But I did a story once for Sports Illustrated about the afterlife of seven footers. And I hung out with a bunch of dudes, seven feet tall and up. And the actuarial chart on their lives, which is tragic, right? Like I won't be a bummer here and just name all the guys who've died that I interviewed or got brutally injured because of various medical maladies. But in terms of just the fact that you can't do this for very long, that's the part where Joel Embiid is absolutely figuring into the conversation. Because Wemby, look, what Wemby was supposed to be, is supposed to be, is what Joel Embiid was this season before he got hurt. And so I just hope that we get to get that. Always goes back to the Sixers. Nobody's doing it with blocks. I I want to talk to you about uh, consumer power uh, from sports fans in Europe opposed to here in the United States. Because sports fans in Europe have blown up billion dollar deals and they're doing this routinely you can see european sports executives uh, filled with envy at the american sports model because american sports executives tend to just trample the fan base as we're watching right now with nike slash fanatics uniforms that no one likes in major league baseball they came out to zero fanfare uh, and lots of poison and they're still still marching on ahead and maybe there's going to be some changes because we see dicks and balls now but over in Europe, uh, German supporter bases have blown up a, a billion-dollar deal with uh, very uh, questionable funding. Uh, we saw what happened to the Super League two years ago where fans rose up and they stopped a huge deal from happening. I have a couple of theories as to why the American sports fans, who may actually have this power and just haven't realized it, I have a couple of theories as to why there is such a difference. I'm curious if you have any. Well, look, the, the obvious interpretation there, right, is that demand for sports in America is inelastic, which is to say we're always going to want this. We see it as our escape from reality, which means that when bad things happen inside of our escape, we're not going to escape anywhere else. Right. And so what's the closest thing, Mike? I ask you this question, actually, as we think through this, what's the closest we've come to a populist revolution when it comes to consumer power in sports? Because you're right, the Super League stuff 
was something that I think Stoops I being hired seen. by Texas A&M. I like mean, people stop at Tennessee that shit painting, in its tracks. <laughs> people at Tennessee painting on that rock, right? Like, is college football where we go for that? College football, the only comparison to, you know, what it, what is referred to probably unfairly as hooliganism, the, the, the sports tribalism over in Europe, the closest thing to it, the regional identity that an athletic program has with its community, it's college football. And we've seen uh, boosters, also considering the dynamic that these aren't full capitalistic, uh, air quotes, ventures, you know, there's a whole student athlete thing. We've seen boosters and fan bases rise up and say, no, we don't want Greg Schiano as our head football coach. And they flex that power and they've stopped things. They haven't stopped things nearly like Super League. For example, we were talking before the show, you cited, well, the Pac-12 is gone. Um, I don't know if that's a West Coast thing, uh, but there are certain deals in, in this country that sports fans don't like and haven't been able to stop. And the it just seems like we're all passengers in this expanded college football playoff thing. I don't know if we're just so accustomed to being broken by American sports' free market capitalism. Teams can leave communities, whereas you know, if Chelsea wants to move to another part of London, they can't. There are protections in place. They have to approve. They have to get approval from pitch founders that actually own the literal pitch that Chelsea plays on. It's a totally different dynamic, and I wonder – it seems the way that we're going is that Europe is going to end up being more like America, and it's a shame because oftentimes the fans are on the right side of these things. Well, well Mike, let's just say it bluntly then about America. America doesn't have that dog in us. We don't, we don't, we don't want it enough. We're happy to like eat what's served. And I get why, right? Like you don't have, look, the thing about like a populist revolution, I, I presume having not participated in one myself in that way is that you sort of need an example to follow. And I think the presumption is it won't work. And, and it's, that's, it's gonna that's end up, where Europe differs. They've shown that it does. It's a shame because they'll blow up something that will totally fundamentally change a sport like Super League. And it would... And you see, Super League, the notion of Super League is not going away. In fact, just a couple of months ago, they they started trotting that back out. They're going to keep fine-tuning this thing till it finally lands and They're appeal. never going to give up they're never. On, on the thing that college football, by the way, is engineering simultaneously as they're trying to, in Europe, soft-launch it again. Right. But I feel if like you... we are overgeneralizing a little bit about like the cultural aspect because there have been major wins for labor in this country in the last year. There's also been some huge losses, but it is something that I think in the United States has been largely cyclical because you've seen different administrations, um, different industries really prosper, and then there's the backlash to it, right? And right now we're in a really interesting time where You've seen like the writers union, SAG, uh, the UAW have these huge labor wins. But at the same time, President Biden not uh, siding with the railroad workers last year. So it really is something that I think you have to you can't really overgeneralize about like Americans not having that dog in them. Right. Like like you said, like we we do feel really beaten down by the system that we operate in. But people are trying to fight back. We have we have 30 seconds. I think uh, we are going to find that dog in us. Unfortunately, it's just going to be to stop pants and baseball from continuing to be produced. You've got 10 seconds here. What do you actually think Nike and Fanatics are going to pull these uniforms? I think if people cared more about baseball, this would be such a bigger story. And I think everyone's just hoping for people to not care that much about the sport whose pants are 
truly see-through. I think we just need a bigger penis. America, we have that penis a lot bigger than you thought.